You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. We're going to do some praying in this room tonight. So since we're going to do some praying, I need to, I need to get uh, to moving. So I want to remind you of some scripture. Um, it, turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. We'll just start there. One of the great things that the Word of God is a pattern to us. And if the pattern in the Word of God will work, then it will work today. In Matthew chapter 4, verse number 24, it says this. It says, in his fame, talking about Jesus, went throughout all of Syria, and they, everybody say they, they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils. So we got people coming to Jesus that were taken with diseases, all kinds of sick people. They were tormented in their soul and in their mind. Those that were lunatic, that means that's beyond uh, being tormented. Those that had palsy, and he healed them. But I want you to notice somebody brought them. Everybody say they. Matthew 8, 16. When the evening was come, Matthew 8, 16. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with the devils. Everybody say they. They brought unto them many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that he might fulfill that which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Matthew 9, 32. Matthew 9, 32 says, as they went out, behold, they brought unto him dumb men possessed with devils. And, and when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake and the multitudes marveled, saying, it's never been so in Israel. And the Bible says, and they went out, behold, they, everybody say they. they. Luke chapter five, Luke chapter five, Luke chapter five, verse uh, 17. And it came to pass on a certain day that he was teaching. And there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which would come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed, uh, a man, uh, men brought in a bed, a man that was taken with palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before them, him. And everybody say they. And so this is where we get our four crazy friends. You know, you study the other things. But I want you to see that they, 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 they brought them. And I'm talking to a Wednesday night crowd right before we celebrate the resurrection. And I'm talking to a group of people who are motivated to come on Wednesday night. So, uh, you're, you know, to me, you're, you're part of the core of my apple. I look at Cornerstone as an apple. And you all are the core of it. And so I, I need, and the, in the core, there's some seeds. And so you've got some things in you, and who knows, if you talk to 10 people, if you sent 10 people a Facebook message, if you tweeted 10 people, if you handed out 10 cards, and one person or one family came, it would change their life. Now tonight, I may hit some things that my associate did on Sunday. I have not had time to look at his message, all right? I did know what he was talking about, because we had talked about before I was going to leave. But I am of the theory that if each one could just reach one, we would change 
change some things in the church world in the United States. We always think, I believe in global. I believe in big. I believe in, you know, Billy Graham evangelism. I believe in Ron Reinhardt Bonnke. But I also still believe in one. Jesus sent out an evangelist. His name was Philip. He went to the multitudes into a whole city. And the whole city was born again. And then Peter, you know, uh, James and John, I believe, uh, one of those three, came down and they got him filled with the Holy Ghost. You remember that? But then right in the middle of a revival, the Lord told Philip the evangelist, I need you to go somewhere else. And as he was going somewhere else, he just left a revival where a whole city got born again, a multitude of people. You would think that after a multitude of people, he would send him to another city with another multitude. But we don't know where he went after this. We just know he was sent to one Ethiopian eunuch. And that one Ethiopian uh, eunuch obviously had a key to a whole nation, a whole region, and a whole continent. One man. So the one is as important as the multitude. If this Easter, if this season, and even after this, if you, um, if you had the opportunity to minister to someone, to, to invite someone, to sow someone, you can be part of the they. Sometimes it's good just to be part of they. Everybody say they. And what did they do? They brought them. They invited them. I don't know those that they brought. I'm sure they invited others and I told, sure they told others, but everybody didn't come. But the ones that they brought, Jesus healed them. Jesus delivered them. Jesus, whatever was wrong with them, he healed them. He helped them. He delivered them. He changed their lives. And I believe that same anointing that's on Jesus is going to be in this room on Sunday morning. And it's really here every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night. I'm just trying to get you one last stir. Is that all right? Can I, can, can I, can, can anybody want to help the Lord out? How many of you know if one person got born again? Just one. We're going to have way more than that. But if one person got born again, it would be worth of us, all of us gathering together. Last year, and I'm believing to happen again, uh, from Easter until we began to turn our focus on celebrating me. Thank you. I don't care. We were celebrating me. <laughs> no, we weren't celebrating me. We kind of did. We celebrated us 25 years. Um, we, we were getting people born again and coming back to the Lord every Sunday from Easter right up to about the anniversary. Right? And so, um, I believe that can happen again. And maybe we ought to double it. Maybe whatever happened last year should double. So I believe it's just the beginning. Resurrection, I don't want to get too, if I get going this way, I'm going to get you into my Sunday morning sermon and I don't want to. But resurrection is, is a beginning. Something else has passed away. It's the start of a brand new life. It's the start of a brand new day. And I believe we can have that for people. And all you got to do is be part of they. Everybody say they. And then let's look at John's gospel. Chapter 1, verse 41. It says, well, verse 40 says, One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And first finds he his own brother Simon and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. 
and he brought him. Everybody say brought him. To Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which by interpretation is a stone. Now listen, you don't know who everybody is, their function in the body. We don't know who lives in this area that is not serving God, that is supposed to be something or someone in the kingdom of God. Is there a little boy or a teenager, a girl or a boy who is the next Billy Graham? Do they live in our area, yet they're not in church and they don't know who they are? Is the, is, is, <laughs> is, is someone out there that, that will rise up and, and represent God in our government? Is there somebody out there that unless you and I get to them, their full potential will not be revealed and they'll never know it. They'll go through all of their life and not really know who they are. Because you see, um, here's Andrew and he could get a little jealous. You know, I, I've thought about this. Andrew was the one who found Jesus, who saw Jesus first, and he just happened to bring his brother along. Well, Andrew didn't get it right first and second Andrew. But he brought Peter so that we could have first and second Peter. And plus know whole bunches of other stuff we would never know because Peter was such a, I started calling him Big Mouth, but I'm going to meet him one day and I really need to start being a little nicer about him because he's right after I meet Jesus, Peter's going to be like, hey, let's... But, you know, if we wouldn't know some of the stuff that we know if Peter hadn't, you know, said something. But Andrew brought him. I would say, bring him. See, all you could do is bring him. After Andrew brought him, that's all that was necessary. Jesus did the rest. I think we get so worked up in, um, you know, what do we got to say and what are we got to do? The, the easy part, especially when it comes to church, is all you got to do is bring them. Yeah, but what if it's too wild for them? Well, I've never heard of too much God on anybody. I know that that's not popular today because I do believe some people believe that. You can have too much God. Well, I think you'll make them uncomfortable. It really kind of works that way. I mean, until you get uncomfortable, you're not going to change. I don't want to be somebody comfortable and die and go to hell. Well, I made him comfortable. Everything was just right. They were comfortable. No, there was no anointing. Nothing caused them to change. But they were comfortable. I was uncomfortable when I came to church. I was so uncomfortable that I... I I, I moved quickly to the front. John chapter 1, verse 43. Ever say each one? Reach one. Then 43 says the, the day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and Jesus found Philip. So sometimes God just does something and he found Philip and he said, follow me. And, the, and now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, so they maybe knew each other. And then Philip finds Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him, 
whom Moses in, uh, in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can there be anything good that comes out of Nazareth? And Philip said, come and see. Everybody say, come and see. That's all you got to say. Come and see. Is that stuff real? Come and see. I heard that preacher pushes people down. Come and see. I heard you all are a rich church. Come and see. I heard you all believe in healing. Come and see. I, believe, I heard you have women preachers. Come and see. I heard that's a wild church. Come and see. But you know what really our reputation in town is? I heard that's a friendly church. That is the thing I hear about us. They're a friendly church. They're a loving church. They're a caring church. All the other stuff will take care of it. But if we keep that reputation, we're a loving church, a friendly church, and a caring church, then they may not understand all the rest of what I just said, but at least they know we love them. But what do you got to do? Can there, he said, come and see. Everybody say it one more time. Say, come and see. Come and, see. <laughs> and then look what happened to him. Then Jesus saw Nathanael coming. Then what happened? The gifts of the Spirit began to operate. It's Jesus, Pastor Mark. Yes, and the gifts of the Spirit began to operate. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there's no guile. In other words, I know you, and I know you live upright. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said, Before Philip called you, even before Philip asked you, I saw you under a fig tree. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are, what, what happened? Okay, I saw that. Okay, that's the, the gifts of the Spirit in operation. What does that do? It makes people believe there's a real God. This is not natural. I mean, no, we got, we got to pull people from the natural over into the realm of the Spirit. And the Spirit of God has ways to do that from His Word that are still for today. And we can't be scared of those things. we got to believe in those things and expect those things. Amen? Not just in this, this room either. Wherever you go. And he said, Nathaniel answered, said, Rabbi, you are, you are the son of God. You are king of Israel. And Jesus said, hold up. Because, he said, because I saw you under a fig tree, you believe? You'll see greater things than this. Amen. You like that? Wait, hang out with me a little while. You like that? Because see, I, I really believe this. I, don't, I can't believe, you know, we're not, uh, our church right now, if everybody come, so Easter is a good point. Uh, uh, you know, we have about 850, 900 people that call this home church. On Sunday mornings, about 600. If there's 600 of us that are hungry for God, and we are, we're a, a group of people that are hungry for God, who believe that Jesus is who he says that he is. We believe that he was raised from the dead. We believe his blood has redeemed us. We believe that by his stripes we are healed. We believe that he became poor that we could become rich. We believe that we're redeemed. We believe that we're heirs and joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that he's the way, the truth, and the life. We believe that he's a soon coming king. We believe that we're now in this earth ruling and reigning like kings. We believe all that. And we're all excited about that. That tells me if, there, if there's that many of us that um, that there's more that just don't know that they really do believe that. Because you didn't used to believe that. There's more out there that can do it. And all they got to do is you got to be part of the they. And they brought. 
And you, you've, got, you've got to have an answer. Come and see. They brought, and the answer is, come and see. And then, it's like the woman at the, at the well. Y'all remember her? Jesus has ministering to her, and here this woman was. And uh, she was drawing water, and Jesus was there with her. And it's where we get our teaching on worshiping in spirit and truth. And then uh, Jesus was talking to her. Remember, he told her to go get her husband. And she said, I don't have a husband. He said, that's the truth. You don't have a husband. You, you know, and he tells her, you know, you, you've had uh, five husbands, and the guy you're living with now is not your husband. And ooh, she was really impressed again. What was that? The gifts of the spirit in operation. Didn't say it to embarrass her. Didn't say it to humiliate her, said it to locate her so he could heal her broken heart. I say it like this all the time. If you've been divorced and married five times and the guy you're living with now is not your husband, then you have a problem with a broken heart. She lets men use and abuse her. She had a heart. Her heart was broken. Jesus showed himself to her. Isn't it awesome that he didn't pick, uh, he could have picked anyone in that area to talk. She was there, but he, he could have ignored her, left her in her pain. He doesn't often choose the perfect people. The Bible says the most noble, especially those that are called the minister. There's a scripture that'll keep you real humble. Because he says he doesn't select the most noble or the mo basically said the most affluent or the ones that got it all together. Well, I qualify. Hallelujah. But then he wants to use you. And you don't have to wait till you get perfect to be part of the they. And you don't have to wait till you get it all together to tell someone to come and see. Because this woman wasn't born again. She just had an encounter with the Most High, the Great I Am, Jesus, the, the, the God of, who is love. And he told her where she was. And then she went back. And she, the Bible says this in verse 28 of John chapter 4. The woman left her water pot, went her way to the city and said to the men, Come and see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is this not the Christ? In other words, he didn't, he, he didn't, you know, he revealed himself to her. He revealed himself to her and she realized this is the Christ. And this woman is not even part of the covenant. It's amazing all throughout the word, uh, many times how the Lord, the, the ones who get the most are the least religious. Don't be scared to bring somebody who don't look like, I mean, at our church here, people ask, people ask me, well, because they, you know, people recognize who I am because of TV and stuff. They say, well, you know, your church, how does everybody dress? I was like, well, one person will have on a suit and another person will have on shorts. It doesn't really matter. I mean, just come dress, cover it up and bring it. <laughs> Hallelujah. We don't care. We don't care. Easter Sunday, you don't have to go buy, they don't have to go buy something new to come here. Yes, I said cover it and bring it. That's what I said. All right. And then... I want you to see this. After she told them, look at verse 39. And many of the Samaritans, everybody say many. many. 
one woman who was hurting. Jesus ministered to her. She turned around, went back. This is an observation. Don't know, because sometimes the Bible uses the word men to say everybody. This time, I think she really went back and talked to the men. Then she's telling them everything. And then it says this, and the Samaritans of that city believed on him. For the saying of the women which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. That's really a huge deal. Because he's not sent to them yet. It's a huge deal. And... Um, and then verse 42, and said, said they unto the woman, now we believe. Everybody say, now they believe. Okay, so we got a woman at a well who's drawing water. Jesus, by the Holy Ghost, ministers to her hurt. She opens up to him, believes that he's the Christ. As a non-Jewish woman, non-covenant woman, actually thought very less of by the Jewish people, right? Then, then she goes back, this woman with a reputation, because this is not the big city of Chicago. Everybody knows, every, it's like the town where I'm from. You know, when you go to Kroger's, you got, it takes you two hours to shop because you have to stop and talk to everybody because you know everybody. And, and you're rude if you don't, it takes forever to do anything. And so, so in a small town, it's like that. And the, bad, the great thing about a small town is you know everybody. The bad thing about a small town is you know everybody and everybody knows your business. And so it's the truth. And so, um, so everybody knew this woman. She couldn't hide. Everybody knew who she was. And what happened? Just a moment with Jesus. Just a moment under the anointing. And she received it. I watch on Sundays. I see the anointing. I, I, I can watch. I, I see people rejected. I, I see people hold fast and not move when God's calling them. But you know what? They'll never forget that moment. They'll never forget that moment. Because when you encounter the anointing that's able to destroy the yoke. And you know what? The Lord really loves people. And he did, he's not one and done. Aren't you glad the Lord's not one and done? I'm going to give them a chance. Well, if they didn't take their chance, I'm done with them. There'd be a lot of us in this room, if that were true, that we wouldn't be in this room. There would be a lot of us in this room, right? But what do you got to do? You got to be part of the day. You got to say, come and see. And then to be like the woman, basically she said the same thing. Come and meet. Come and see. And then many of them believed. And then they came and they met him. He stayed there two days. And they had an encounter. And many of them believed. Awesome. Awesome. When one person does what they're called to do. Now, I want to take some pressure off you about, because you know what? Um, I've told this story on myself so many times. I get tired of, I get tired of talking about it because it makes me look bad. But um, I'm going to remind you. When I first started pastoring this church 25 years ago, 
Um, I really did not like individually ministering to people like out in public, um, getting people born again. The pastor was uncomfortable getting people born again outside of the church setting. And that's just a fact. I tell the story all the time of we were in uh, Tennessee or Alabama and Rhonda and I were chasing uh, the, we were walking through the trails and these, this older couple was ahead of us and they were out walking us and the Lord kept dealing with me about ministering to him. And I didn't the first time, and then they walk on, and then we catch up to, you know, they're faster than us. And so just as they're done resting, we're starting to rest, you know, because there's like all these hills and there was benches to rest. And so uh, second time, I, I just couldn't break. The Lord dealt with me. I mean, it wasn't like a, hey, Mark, I'd appreciate it. It was very strong, and I, and I didn't do it. And that's terrible. I hate to admit it. And then the third time, the Lord uh, dealt with me again. And I would love to say that, you know that old saying, the third time's a charm. I would love to say I did something about it, but I didn't. And then the Lord got really not happy with me. And then I prayed, and I said, well, Lord, if you give me one more chance. And so there happened to be a bathroom, uh, you know, a place. And so they were there. And so we ran down there to them. And um, I worked the conversation around because I, I didn't want to drive all the way home with the Lord really irritated with me. And so I, I, I went down there, got him born again because he believed that he had been a good man. Some of, most of you have heard this story. He'd be, he was a good man. And that he told me, he said, well, I hope that I've done more good works than bad works. And on the scale, when I get to heaven, my good works will outweigh my bad works. And so what do I know? I know he's not born again. Because there ain't no scale. There's the blood of Jesus, your name written in the Lamb's book of life, you in, you out. Right? So I got him born again. And after I got him born again, he offered me a job at a large church in Birmingham, Alabama, that he was the head elder searching for a pastor. It doesn't matter where anybody's at, what anybody's doing. You need to make sure they're born again. How awful to have been in church, served on a board, die and go to hell. Because there's only one way. And it's called the new birth. It's not good works. It's not our robe of righteousness. And then if we can get him in, I hope he then after that began to take a whole, the word of God came alive to him. Or I don't know, the next day he might have went to heaven for all I know. Which I think is more likely because it was so urgent. This is, uh, this is, this is um, not my story, but, you know, we, we can't be so busy in life that when the Holy Ghost deals with us about people, that whether we know them or not, that we ignore it. My uh, Priscilla Aquila, you all remember my Priscilla Aquila? Her name is Margaret. Hopefully, um, I don't know, next time she'll come visit. But she used to tell me stories, and Margaret was a realtor. And uh, she was going by, I think this is how the story goes. She was going by a house one day, and um, the Lord told her to go. And she thought, you know, being a businesswoman, they're about ready to put their house up for sale and I'm going to go get the listing before anybody else. And, and so she knocked on the door. Their uh, elderly lady was in there, and uh, from, if I remember the story right, and um, she had no intention of putting her house up for sale, but Margaret got, okay, Lord, then there's another reason. So she got to talking to her and uh, she led this woman to the Lord. 
And then the woman passed away within the next two, three days. I mean, it's terrible. You know, it's not the best to get born again right before you go, but it sure does beat hell. And God cares about people. And, but, but now I'm going to take some pressure off you. Because if all you and I have got to do is be part of the they, and part of the they that says come and see, and then when they come and see, then, it's, then the Lord does it. I want to remind you of John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse number 7. Jesus said this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And when he has come, has the Holy Ghost come? Has he come? Is he here? Is he in you? Does he come upon you? Does he manifest here? He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they don't believe on me. So this is all you got to do. you got to get him in the room. And then the Holy Ghost will manifest. And then he'll deal with them about their sin. You don't have to. You don't have to tell them they have to quit 20 things because they don't. They need to quit rejecting Jesus. The Spirit of God cares about one sin when someone is not born again. He don't care about adultery. He don't care about uh, lasciviousness. He don't care about lying because sin or sin. When someone is not born again, the Spirit of God cares about one sin. The rejection of Jesus. Now, as far as you and I go, oh, he cares about them all after that. And he'll convict you of them. But we're talking about sinners. Those that are not born again. Jesus came to show them or reprove them of sin because they don't believe on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. The other thing the Holy Ghost will do is he'll share with people or convict them or show them that their righteousness, their good works, their trying to be moral is never ever going to be good enough. How does he do it? I don't know. But in a moment of time, they'll realize that... I can't do this on my own. I need a savior. That's why you always hear me to say, don't wait till you, um, for some, don't wait to get cleaned up. Don't try to clean up before you come to Jesus. Jesus is the fuller soap. He's the cleaner upper, right? You and I can't clean ourselves up. That's what the Lord does. Of, of sin, he said, because they don't believe on me. I'm righteous because I go to my Father. You see me no more. Of judgment because of the prince of the world is judged. And sometimes that one's the most fun. Because what I've seen him do is uh, heal somebody before they get born again. I, I've seen him touch somebody and, and change their life. And they're like, Wow. He's real. He's alive. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. And then also within that, he shows them that if you don't come to the Lord, if you don't come to Jesus, you're going to get judged with the devil. And he is bound for hell. But if you get come get born again, you'll get judged for me, with me and spend eternity with me. The great white throne judgment. But the devil's already been judged. They don't have to keep going through the torment and the pain and the shame and the guilt anymore. And it all happens by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You just got to be part of they. And when you're part of they, you just got to say, come and see. And when they get here, you turn them over to the Lord. I got them here. I did my part. Now you do your part. Oh, he loves to do his part. He's good at his part. Now, let me just again remind you. Everybody's got a free will. 
I've seen people get so, and then and and walk out. But you know what? I just pray for for those that I see do that. Lord, just keep dealing with them. Just keep dealing with them, because He's good that way. I said He's good that way. Let me remind you of something. As, as the Spirit of God does the work, but then you carry that. You carry some things that will bring people in. I want you to remember, I think I told you this Sunday morning, but I want you to remember these things. Everybody say, I am a minister of reconciliation. Say, I am a restorer. Say, I am a living epistle. Say, I carry the fragrance of God. I am the light of the world. A city set on a hill. And I am a fisher of men. Jesus said, if you'll follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. It's part of your DNA. You love to fish. For men and women, boys, girls, teenagers. It's part of who you are. It's part of who you are. Well, I just need trained. I just trained you. You're part of they. You're part of they. You got one line. Come and see. <laughs> Come and see. What do you do after that? Jesus, they're here. What does he do? Oh, the Holy Ghost has come. And he'll deal with them about sin, righteousness, and judgment. And then we got a whole bunch of folks that are sitting around who are ministers of reconciliation. They've got this gift to restore people. They have a fragrance about them. That fragrance puts off light and life. And, and to those who are not born again, it reminds them of death. Um, we're cities set on a hill. We have the light of God. Amen. We are fishers of men. I am a fisher of men. I am. I'm not trying to be. I am. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Apostle Paul said it this way. Remember they were fighting about who's the greatest? We had an Apollo fan, Apollos, not Apollo, Apollos fan club. We had a Paul fan club. We had a Kenneth fan club. We had a TD fan club. Whatever. Same thing. Same thing. And what did the, what did, what did the Holy Ghost say? doesn't matter who plants or sows or waters. It's God that gives the increase. There may be some people you work with that some auntie, some nana, some cousin have been sowing and sowing and sowing. And they got discouraged and they, because they moved away just right before they got them in church. And now they live in our area. And they're praying for them. They're praying that prayer that we've been praying. Father God, I ask you to send laborers I ask you to send laborers. Send the best. Send the best laborers across their path, Father. They were so close. And now they're moved. And now they're somewhere else. Father, I ask you to send a laborer. Send a laborer. Send somebody across their path. Well, there's a little bit of unction on that. Because you're a laborer. Say, I am a laborer. 
We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org, check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.